0: Welcome to Residential Tech Talks. I'm Jeremy Glowacki, Executive Editor of Residential Tech Today. On this week's podcast, two guests join us to discuss a recent announcement from Snap One about how the company's Luma Insight security system has leveraged the Halo 8 AI chip to allow for advanced security capabilities. The Insight's service integrates with existing SNAP-1 products and requires minimal setup for integrators, allowing for near-instant access to AI-powered visibility from Luma cameras in a Control 4 system. Joining us today for a deep dive into this technology partnership are Mark Grobman, CTO of Machine Learning for Halo, and Derek Webb, Surveillance Product Manager for SNAP-1. Mark and Derek, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Jeremy. Appreciate. it, Glad to be here.
0: Yeah, very nice. Thank you for having us. Well, thanks to, to both of you for jumping on the podcast to dive into the technology behind the uh, the new Luma camera line and Luma Insights from Snap One, including the challenges and benefits of in- integrating AI into residential security. Uh, you know, I don't typically do a deep dive onto basically what is a a product uh, news announcement. But it, it because AI is such a buzz right now, and I I want to find something that is tangible and real for the CI channel as opposed to just saying, "Hey, we can use Chat GPT for our marketing efforts." And blah blah blah. Now there's there's real AI, and it's it's ap- applied in a way that I think is uh, an effective use for for the channel. So let's start with Derek um, to get a sense of the broader announcement here. For those who aren't super familiar with Snap One's, you know, vast array of product op- lines and opportunities, can you give us an overview of the Luma security surveillance line within the family of brands le- leading up to the announcement with Halo?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Jeremy. That's uh, I think it's a great place to start because um, kind of as you were mentioning, we, we, we do have a lot of products at Snap One. Um, we've been doing... Doing things for quite a while, and we've had a surveillance brand at Snap One for for a long time. Um, if some of our uh, partners remember the early days of Snap One, where we had uh, back in the Snap AV days when we were uh, had a brand called WirePath, which was your traditional analog line of cameras. Um, and I think it's important to start there because what was really unique with WirePath way back when, and that was uh, actually at Snap One uh, back when we first launched that, um, is we had this integration in the Control 4. That was one of our very first unique things when it came to surveillance in this space um, was how do we differentiate a surveillance system uh, that has been around for years and years and years um, in the traditional security space, moving into the CDA channel you know, 15, 20 years ago, how did how could AV at the time differentiate and control 4 was a great avenue to start there? And as our surveillance lineup uh, ebbed and flowed and evolved over the years and we introduced the Luma brand about... Uh, you know, eight years ago now, as we've kind of in first introduced the Luma brain and transition from WirePath. Um, we've started to get into some smart, smarter surveillance cameras, uh, but even then it was still just a fancy spin on motion detection, which a lot of integrators have have struggled with in terms of false detections. They want to add it to automation. It's not really reliable. And ultimately what you find is uh, the thing that you don't want to happen is a end customer says, well, this is great, but um, and it helps me get what I need on my phone, but I'd like to just turn the notifications off. I don't. I don't care about the notifications. It's too much. There's overload, and it became this. This really, um, in a sense, uh, almost a, a black eye. In a sense, from a, a product standpoint, as the product was good from a camera perspective, but really, what you want is these, you know, immediate notifications about what happens. Um, and so, as we evolved our product lines, we this year released Luma X20 um, early in 2023. And that was kind of this next evolution of the Luma surveillance product line, which really was all about rebuilding the entire lineup from a a hardware perspective. I think that's where you kind of started to see, uh, we were able to introduce new camera lines, new NVRs, oversee integration in the cloud, deeper integration to Control 4, but you started to see this idea of, of AI. And AI in the surveillance world is is fairly common now. Uh, everyone is kind of doing a form of AI uh, on the edge. I think that you'll hear me talk about that, and Mark will talk a little bit about that as well, is... You know, most cameras today are going to have a chip on board that can do some level of what we would call object detection or object recognition. With the standalone Luma X20 cameras, we introduced that. Human vehicle and non-motor vehicle detection on the edge, but it kind of stops there. That's really the extent of what that camera can do from a pure hardware standpoint. But you started to get a feel of what we're trying to do with this ecosystem. In parallel, as we're going through and developing Luma X20 Luma Insights was always kind of happening in parallel with this platform in that uh, we work with some great vendors and partners in our development uh, practices for Luma X20, where Luma Insights, this is a uh, an in-house development platform that's powered using the Halo chip that Mark will talk about more later, which is a really unique and exciting thing. Uh, if you will, uh, I use that word thing, right? But it's uh, it, it's it's different in terms of the traditional snap One model. Control four, you've you've kind of you're used to seeing that really ground-up build uh, from a hardware and a software standpoint. Where Luma Insights we kind of borrowed that that mentality and that process and built this ground up surveillance platform that is really centered on AI. So we have this Luma X20 lineup that's a really strong standalone surveillance solution um, that brought a lot of new user experiences to the table. And at the same time, we were building this Luma Insights platform with the idea that we know that AI is only going to grow and become more important to what we want to do in this industry. And there's uh, this DIY world that's made people think that it's really easy. And in a sense, the basic stuff is, uh, but when you get to the really, really unique things that customers want, um, especially in this Cedia channel, if you will, um, we knew we needed a platform to help us scale efficiently um, and scale outside of a camera on the edge. Uh, We needed something else to help us really uh, scale that platform. So that's kind of how Luma Insights was born. And, and that's kind of what it is today is Is that idea. And so it's kind of this was this parallel effort uh, with our new Luma X20 products into this uh, this new platform.
0: Well, I want to get Mark in on the conversation and, and talk about th- this term that you use, which, you know, I did a little bit of, you know, trying to get comfortable with the terminology research here. Uh, I don't talk security a lot, surveillance a lot, and I definitely don't talk AI and, and edge. And I don't really have a great way of explaining what edge is. And so, Mark, could you kind of help us like understand, and for those who aren't familiar with the t- terminology of edge computing and even the AI accelerator, like what, what do those things mean for us?
2: Uh, sure. Um, so uh, essentially, I think the best way to discuss the edge is in contradiction to a cloud-based system. So um, what you see, a lot of the systems will essentially, uh, so maybe a step back, you know, uh, AI uh, to me, you know, except, you know, the name is kind of mystical artificial intelligence, but at the end of the day, it's a family of algorithms that are very compute intensive. And so you need a lot of horsepower to run them. And, uh, you know, if you go back even a few years, really the only way to run these algorithms was to do it on the cloud, to have a server which has a GPU. So you'd have to send your data to some remote location. It could be like a really remote location, like an AWS or maybe a local uh, server room, but they would essentially not be on the edge. The computing uh, element is not near the source of the data. And so uh, this uh, has a lot of problems. Uh, It has uh, system-level problems. Uh, It has uh, economic problems. And I think, uh, especially with uh, respect to security, the worst issue here is that it has privacy problems, right? Because you don't want your data being sent all over the place. Uh, And so edge computing is actually... Uh, broadly speaking, whenever the compute unit is sitting close to the source of the data. So in that case, uh, you know, as Derek mentioned, either directly on the camera or on some aggregation point, which is at the level of the home itself. Okay. So that's edge computing. Um, and AI accelerators came into being, uh, you know, Halo is a company, uh, we've been around since 2017. I think uh, we're, you know, I think really for the edge specifically we're the first company to have focused a focused AI acceleration. And really uh, what happened is uh, when this uh, deep learning revolution started to happen, uh, uh, it was powered by uh, GPUs and specifically by NVIDIA GPUs and, uh, uh, you know, uh, I think it, there was a certain period of time where it went from a cool idea to something that was, uh, you know, something that you wanted to product <coughs> to use in products. And uh, the moment you want to use it in embedded systems like surveillance, uh, you can't put a GPU there. Like right? a GPU is a very power intensive uh, unit. It needs cooling, it needs an external power source, and it also costs a lot of money. So, you know, when we started, we said, Can we solve this by making uh, a a chip which is directly built around accelerating neural networks? And the idea here is that if you focus on doing just one task, is that you can do it much more efficiently, right? The more general you are, the less efficient it is. So we we are not able to do uh, general computing stuff. We're only able to accelerate neural networks, but... Uh, the good side about it is that we're able to do it very efficiently and efficiently both in terms of uh, per watt, per power, and uh, and per dollar. So now you can take these chips, you can run these compute-intensive algorithms, and you can embed them in the system themselves, either on the camera or on aggregation points, and it's easy from a mechanical power <coughs> dissipation point of view, and also it makes sense from... A, uh, cost perspective for the customer.
0: Okay, that helps a lot. And now it, it's coming back to me on the edge conversation. And now uh, it's making a lot of sense, Derek, for the Luma bridge, which you didn't really mention, but that's, that's the piece that's local, that's in the home that would, would house the 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 edge processing. Is that correct?
1: Exactly. Yeah. So, the Luma bridge is kind of the, I think the best way to think of this, this new platform is Luma insights is this kind of software uh, service, if you will um, really. And we, I, I use the word platform. It's not a, a word that, that Snap One throws around lightly. You know, you see it with control four, that's, that's a platform that we have. You see it with Oversea, that's a platform. And Luma insights is intended to be that as well. And that it's going to evolve and iterate and we're going to add things to it. Um, but it's, First piece of hardware that powers that software is the Luma Bridge, and so um, it it is literally, uh, you know, our, our customers just you know, spotted it right away. It is a a version of our Core One controller that you would use to to use in your Control force system, and so essentially we took that. Um, that hardware base that we already have a lot of expertise in-house on. And we went out to find a partner that could help us do um, these AI-type things that we were thinking of that could slot in to that hardware platform that we already had with the Core 1 controller. And Halo was kind of uh, that partner. And so, yeah, there is a... Uh, there's already a, a, a processor that's on the Core 1 controller, but it's not enough. It doesn't do the, the stuff that, that Mark was talking about that we needed to do. And so that's where the Halo chip comes in. It kind of sits on top and it allows us to run these surveillance streams through that processor to execute all of the AI algorithms, the machine learning algorithms that we've built um, on those streams. So yeah, it's two pieces. The Luma Bridge is the hardware um, and the Luma Insights platform is kind of the software service
0: okay and so mark when you um you talk about the accelerator and how it's you know needs to have sort of like a, a a main focus and and um i'm oversimplifying how you said that but the idea that this is used for identification of objects uh in view of the cameras and in the surveillance system um is is this like the perfect application for the, um, you know, the technology, the Halo 8 uh, um, processor there, or um, accelerator. Are you um, using this for other things, or is, is surveillance the main um, application that you, you find?
2: Uh, yeah, so uh, thanks for a question. that That's very good. Uh, because, you know, essentially we focus on computer vision algorithms, and uh, surveillance as a segment is one of the you know, we think one of the segments that can be most disrupted uh, by the use of intelligent computer vision, uh, which uh, you know m- maybe is a bit less sexy than AI, but this is what it is. It's just the ability to give uh, the end user, you know, uh, the ability to give more intelligent queries. So you know, not just detect motion, detect motions of humans, and you know, with AI you can do so much more. It's not just humans; you can do specific humans. You can do uh, you know you, you can do customizable objects and you know this for a very long time was the holy grail of computer vision to have uh, systems that are able to understand the scene you know to have semantic understanding and uh, you know once deep learning came along today that problem is essentially you know we know how to solve it it's not easy but if you have the data we know how to solve it which is something that you know even 10 years ago we didn't know how to do but, you know, going to Halo specifically, there are other big segments that, uh, you know, have appliance for low power, intelligent computer vision. So, of course, uh, autonomous vehicles uh, is a very large segment for us. Uh, industrial inspection, uh, I think, is a very large um, segment. And, of course, you know, uh Uh, it's you know the the hype around uh, large language models uh, is something that you know we consider ourselves well primed uh, to be a platform uh, to have that you know enable that sort of computing uh, on laptops Uh, of course that's not computer vision but the basic building blocks are uh, the same and in fact over the last four years something very interesting happened which is that you used to have two very separate fields one was Uh, the field of uh, language understanding, uh, also called NLP, and the other one was of computer vision. And mostly, uh, you know, those were two separate fields. And over the last couple of years, they've basically turned into a single field using the exact same uh, building blocks and the same methods. And so the very interesting thing, and I think it's also extremely interesting for um, you know, intelligent video systems in in surveillance is that you can also now use language, and uh, you know, this is something like you know, if if previously we would only be able to say to a network, okay, you know, where's the human in that image, you know, now we can actually have networks that are able to caption. Uh, you know, the scene. They can say, okay, this is a scene in a living room with a person moving. This is very strong uh, for surveillance because now users can uh, query, you know, instead of watching playback of the video, you can now query and say, okay, I want something very specific. Like, uh, you know, uh, I like... uh, uh, seeing, uh, you know, when the sun first rises, the first car moves past uh, the window, right? And that's a very complicated query. I mean, it's very simple to to explain, but to automate it in a system is extremely complicated. But now because these, uh, you know, uh, AI systems have converged both language and, re- and vision into the same types of neural networks, that's something that we can achieve. So f- for us you know obviously surveillance is a huge segment but also autonomous vehicles robotics um uh industrial inspection and personal laptops that's you know you know wherever neural networks is now kind of starting to make an impact uh specifically on devices that are on the edge uh that's where you know we think we have uh at least something to offer
0: Today's episode of Residential Tech Talks is brought to you by NICE, the global manufacturer of smart home, security, and building automation solutions. NICE is bringing together 30 years of innovation with award-winning products to create a holistic ecosystem for builders, integrators, and consumers. Learn more about how you can create one home with one solution at go.niceforyou.com backslash RTT. And then Derek, when you're um, actually applying this then to uh, the Luma product line, what do you see in terms of its capabilities uh, right out of the gate? And do you, uh, is it, is it something that you train the system to do as the end user or the, the partner, you know, dealer? Um, does it just happen sort of as the system is installed? It, it it automatically starts to register, what different objects are and, and then, you know, providing that, 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 that detail, how does that work exactly for the dealer and for the end user?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's one of those ones that's hard to write down. This is a perfect (laughs) example of trying to uh, answer this thing, you know, live. And so I think the today uh, where Luma insights is in terms of kind of what we launched in the last month, right. Is um, we are essentially supporting human and vehicle detection um, through the Luma bridge on since the hour, what we would call first party products. So the Luma X20 lineup of cameras uh, actually our Luma X10 lineup of cameras. So to clarify that for people that may not know pretty much the uh, the last, Five years before we launched Luma X20 this year, we sold the Luma X10 lineup of cameras um, uh, and NVRs. And so Luma Insights actually supports those cameras. So it becomes a great retrofit solution. Uh, It also supports our Chime video doorbell. And so essentially what you're able to do now is uh, take any subset of these cameras and and build them into the Luma Insights platform and run human and vehicle detection uh, on those cameras themselves. And the way that we kind of presented that, which I think is a great... Way to to talk about some of the things that we're doing unique um, with the you know partnership with Halo is that and Mark kind of talked a little bit about this. We built our own AI models that we're running on the Luma Bridge, and so uh, the Halo team kind of helps us understand the hardware capabilities of the chip and whatnot. But we actually have a data science team uh, in house at Snap One now. Uh, they do a lot of different things within our business, uh, but a, a big piece of that is is we're building our own AI models. And we're doing that through uh, a word that that I've been using more often is through uh, beta testers that are willing to donate their data. Um, and so we actually started this process about two, almost three years ago, um, early in COVID with a lot of our uh, own employees that were willing to donate their data and said, hey, you know, you have surveillance themselves. We have, you know, 1,700 employees, you know, across the world. And a lot of them have surveillance installations in their home that are very similar to what our installers are out there doing for their end customers. And so we said, um, hey, you know, employees of Snap One, if you're willing to donate your data, um, we'd like to use it to start building our first AI model. And uh, so we ingested hundreds of thousands of essentially images from our own employees that were willing to donate that data. And you take that data and you run it through this training method to train an an AI algorithm to be tuned to what you want it to be. I think that's a really important aspect of Luma Insights compared to other platforms that may be out there, all very capable, but you're not going to find one that's tuned to us. I think is what's really important, and so we go through that process with Luma Insights. And uh, on top of that, we also had a, a long external beta phase, one of the longer external beta phases we've ever had for a product for Luma Insights, where we, you know, allowed our installers, our our own customers that uh, that you know are, are very gracious to beta test with us, um, we asked them to donate their data, and and uh, they also helped us build more data into that. And so what we launched with is essentially an AI algorithm that's built off of internal employees, our own partners that donated their data. And then ongoing and living, um, we have a feature today in the app where essentially uh, we call it an incorrect detection or, or really event feedback. Um, and if an event comes in that you say, hey, that wasn't right. It just didn't seem like it was what it was supposed to do. Um, you can select that immediately when the event comes in and you can tell us that event was wrong. And that actually is an automated process that goes into an encrypted uh, bucket in our cloud that goes through automatic data uh, or, or essentially model training. Um, it's automatic and improves the model kind of ongoing. And so as we do updates uh, kind of behind the scenes to the system, the algorithm, the machine learning that's living on this box will get updated over time. Very similar to like a Control 4 controller update. Um, uh, actually, I think actually even a better example is our Halo remote. Our Halo remote gets these kind of over-the-air updates without you even knowing about it. The Luma Insights platform gets the same thing, but those things could be features. It could be improved AI um, or or a subset of other things. So that kind of gives you an idea of kind of what we're with today and what we're doing today at a high level with the Luma Insights platform.
0: I guess wait, that, that's that's really uh, interesting background and helpful. And I I'm I'm just curious and then... Um, the the end user uh, hands-on experience so uh, y- you're reporting like a false um, you know I guess indication of something uh, and and so that that goes into the system are you tuning the the capabilities as well I remember like the first time I installed a ring doorbell not the name a competitive product but it's a very well-known product yeah. Um, and you just you basically you, you've got like a little um perimeter around that that camera where you say I I want it to be limited to these zones because I don't want to pick up things in the sides of you know my neighbors walking up uh, their driveway I want just the front of the doorbell um where where there's a delivery or whatever and maybe I don't want the cars going by cuz that's a lot of distractions that that I don't want um, is it is it something where you you can turn the frequency down you can change Certain, you know, uh, depth perception yeah. or anything like that.
1: Yeah, but, I think that's a. Go ahead. Sorry.
0: Yeah, I just wondered if what, what were the capabilities there, just from from that standpoint.
1: Yeah, I think that's a that's a great question and an a- area that um, you know, we see opportunities to continue educating this industry that's new to the AI space as well. And so the way that we kind of work today is um, there's really only one configuration option you need to do. And that's kind of what you were saying is, is pick your zone if you want to. By default, we're just going to start grabbing AI uh, objects, human or vehicles, across the entire image. We're just going to say, on this camera, we're looking for any human, any vehicle. And if you want to refine that, you can go in and you can start drawing uh, a box. So we support up to four different intrusion zones, as we're calling it today. Essentially, it's a, parallelogram, it's a you know, up to six sides that you can kind of draw almost like a 3d zone and say, I want to detect objects in this zone. So I kind of use my house as an example where I have, you know, a camera pointing at my front yard. I have a box that's over my driveway. Then I have a box over my front yard. Um, I don't have anything over the street cause I don't need to be notified over, you know, cars passing by. Um, I don't need that extra noise if you will. And so that's really the extent of, of the settings that we're offering. And I think that, um, there's this level of like sensitivity, and do you need to tune the system um, appropriately? We Could we do that? We could. Um, but the way that an AI model will work in that and how you would tune that versus the traditional kind of surveillance motion that you see in the past is really when you tune an AI model to be more or less sensitive, what you're changing is the confidence level of the model itself. Trigger an event, and so what you're saying is, you say on a, on a scale of zero to a hundred, um, there is a, a human walking across the camera, and as the AI, AI model picks up that human, it's almost always saying, "I am, you know, X number confident that this is a human." So you know, you imagine that I am ninety percent positive this is a human. It's always seeing that, and then if that ninety percent positive human steps into my intrusion zone, that triggers an event. And so what that sensitivity would Do is you could artificially say, well, I don't need the AI model to be as confident to alert me. I'm going to say, well, if it's 50% confident, I'm going to trigger that event based off of that confidence level. Now, and so what you find in those scenarios is you start getting a lot more what we call false positives. Um, An animal might trigger an event, um, or you know, some other object that you weren't expecting. And so we. Haven't seen the need to introduce that just yet because we're trying to tune our algorithm to be as as uh, you know good as possible. As you get into scenarios, if you want to detect objects really really far away, that's when that sensitivity may come into play. And we'll, we'll you know investigate and explore those areas. But we wanted to keep the setup as simple and um, you know basic as possible without adding that extra complexity. Um, that can come into play because, you know, you think about trying to explain that to an end customer why you're changing these settings, it, it can get pretty uh, intimidating really fast uh, when you're kind of going through with a large subset of settings.
0: And I, I guess uh, sort of as we wrap up here, I'd love to, to know from um, Mark's standpoint, and, and I you're speaking for your your company here and maybe like a little outside your, your, your comfort zone, but what makes, um, I guess, luma or or you know snap one a good partner for for halo
2: um so you know really what derek said you know that that thing you know which you know i I know like uh you know having an access to seven uh, you know 1700 people willing to donate their data you know we're a hardware company we're not we're not uh you know we we are experts in putting AI into hardware, but we're not surveillance experts. And uh, having that sort of vision, uh, you know, to me, I, I was, you know, extremely excited to hear about, you know, having access to that amount of data. I don't know how, you know, if if the listeners appreciate how unique that is, you know, because today, if, if, you know, if you were to go and you want to build an AI system, you know, you can find pre-trained models on the internet. You know, they're usually trained on like images from Flickr. Uh, you know, they're very nice for for demos and, and and they make the point that deep learning works. But when you go to a product level that has to work, you know, as Derek said, really in the beginning, you know, it's all about not how many times you get it right. It's it's really about how many times you get it wrong. Because if the user is annoyed by the system, then it doesn't work. And AI is not some panacea where you know you say, okay, now now it's artificial intelligence, so it's great. No, you need the data. and And so, what we're looking for in great partners is partners that uh, you know have that vision. And the only thing that they're really missing is a piece of hardware to run it on the edge. For us, that's the perfect partnership. And and you know, there's not a lot of companies from what we've seen that are as ahead of the game as Snap and you know have been early adopters. And early adopters in this field doesn't mean that you know they develop the model. Developing the model is easy. It's the data that's hard, and there's not a lot of companies out there that have the data.
0: That's great, thank you. And then Derek, just to wrap up, what makes um, Luma Insights unique? You've described so many things, and I can kind of put it together, but uh, competitively speaking, in the CI channel specifically, broader surveillance um, market, I guess, commercial as well as residential. What makes uh, Luma Insights a unique solution
2: uh, in the
1: yeah. market? I guess that's a great question. And um, it's a uh, where we feel like that we're really going to be able to carve this really unique space of Luma Insights is... You know, there's this DIY world that has some really great solutions out there. And you, you mentioned one already Ring, uh, Nest. Those are the two that most people in their brains hear. But there's a ton of players in that DIY space that are doing a version of AI. A lot of that AI is cloud-focused. Um, and, you know, they have, as a whole, you know, they have all the news articles that, you know, people get, you know, nervous about. Most of them are still extremely safe. But at the end of the day, um, that, that level of cloud computing can make you nervous, um, so the DIY space really wins with these user experiences that, that power their platforms. Ring is a great example. as an extremely good user experience. But at the end of the day, it's a, it's a DIY solution um, that our partners would like to have something they can make a little more money on. Uh, the end customers love Ring, but the partners would like something a little bit more uh, you know, better for their pocket. And then there's a lot of high-end companies out there that are doing Powerful AI-based surveillance solutions that are really good, um, but they're extremely targeted to their to the market they're in, and you're paying that extreme premium to get into that space. And so, when you kind of get into where our market is, you know, there are customers that have a lot of money, but again, these surveillance solutions that are really high end are very targeted and don't always fit into what it is our installers are trying to do, which is these you know very custom uh, solutions and integrated systems. So, with Luma Insights. You know, we are taking this AI-based surveillance solution and trying to pair it with the smart home uh, that is unique to this CDA channel. Um, and so you can see some, already some really unique opportunities that we're using within Control 4. And that Control 4 tie-in is huge. Uh, start, when you start to think about accurate and efficient AI based off your surveillance system, in your brain, think about the automation that you could do with that in your system, right? If a human crosses my driveway after a certain time of day, I want to turn on lights. Um, in the past, a partner might have to install pressure sensors in the driveway or they have to put these you know, really long range uh, motion sensors out on the driveway. I've seen them do it before. Um, that's Those are expensive solutions where Insights now just runs off your cameras. Um, maybe you want to use it to uh, set off an alarm in the system after hours. You think about uh, this area that um, is growing, which is uh, video verification services or monitoring services, where you want to tie into a monitoring company for uh, an event gets triggered. A lot of monitoring companies don't really want to to work with cameras that aren't accurate because they don't want to be looking at false positives. And so you can think about the tie in there as well. And so. Today, right, that you know, we have this really unique tie into the smart home, and we're going to continue to grow that, introduce even more features, and make it deeply integrated into our ecosystem. And I think that's what makes it unique, right? And it's a lot of the same sort of a lot of other Snap products is is our ecosystem helps power everything else we do, and Luma Insights is deeply, deeply embedded into that ecosystem. That's going to allow us to continue to help it stand apart.
0: Well, I really appreciate both of your time and and insights into this. is really helpful. I I feel like um I've learned so much. I've gotten new terminology that I'm I'm processing in my own brain, um and and it's uh it's great to see such a great partnership. Mark and D- Derek, thank you for your time
1: today. Yeah, thanks, Jeremy. I appreciate it.
0: And uh, thank you for having us. Mark Grobman is CTO of machine learning for Halo. And Derek Webb is Surveillance Product Manager for Snap One. You can learn more about Luma Insights from Snap One's Luma Surveillance line at lumasurveillance.com. And that wraps up today's show, which was produced by Residential Tech Today, IPW, and Pretty Easy Podcast. Please check out prettyeasypodcast.com if you want professional and affordable production help on your own podcast. And if you're new to Residential Tech Talks, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you watched or listened to this episode. Also, check out all the latest residential tech news at our magazine's website, restechtoday.com, where you can also subscribe to the print or digital magazine and to our Tuesday and Thursday email newsletters. Until next time, please stay safe, stay inspired, and let us know if you have a great story to tell. This show was produced by Pretty Easy Podcasts and made possible by listeners like you. If you ever thought of doing your own podcast, please visit prettyeasypodcasts.com.